Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Jock Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here this week to talk about The Long End Part 3. It's episode 861, and it's the last green ring, probably. Ever. Probably. I hope so. I don't know. This is a... Buddy, this episode only came out like two years ago. Two and a half years ago. Almost three years ago. And it is so encouraging. Like... Like a beam of sunshine breaking through a rainy cloud, this episode, uh, this three-parter, is it's so good, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it is. I think it is a great note to go out on. Um, I'm like, will they ever touch on this again? Well, there's definitely some questions. I mean, Buck's character still has a lot of developing to do. I know, and. Skin. Maybe. I mean, there could be a, a trial between skin. They love their trial episodes. It um, feels like enough time has passed that it that maybe not. But mm-hmm. also, yeah, like it. It does seem like I don't know. Here, here's the thing. I think the on the opposite end of the Mori situation, mm-hmm. which is we feel an obligation to cover every Mori thing, and mm-hmm. it kind of bums us out sometimes. You mean all the time. All the time. (laughs) I do mean all the time. Um, More on that at the end of the episode, folks. Um, But but I think similarly here, if there is more green ring connected stuff that comes out in the future, we will loop back and work that into the schedule. Yeah, 100%. Which is also our promise, for the record, for Nova Common Blackard as well. It just seems unlikely. (laughs) And I guess Barkley Family... For sure, Twilight Zone. Definitely like, Twilight yeah, Zone. If they basically like, if we've covered it and they do like a major, like Mitch coming back to the mm-hmm. show is not enough for me to be like, oh yes, we are counting this. Yeah, no. Oh, well, that's tangential enough, and it wasn't related yeah. to the major plot. Like, right. But if you know the chairman or somebody right. like that, for sure, comes back around, a company by the name of Schman Shramada uh, rears right. its ugly head. Right. There, yeah, if there's a big enough tie, we are absolutely 100%. into doing that. But uh, at this point, have no direct plans. Unless we write the episodes ourselves. No. <laughs> I don't I don't trust or, my own ability. No. No, I'm not a I'm not a good writer. And I don't have that kind of time. And I don't know who that would be for. I believe it's only for us, which is why we do most things. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> the appeal there is not is not enough for me. True, true, certainly. Um, the other big, big, or, or well, I'll, I'll do I'll do the little bit of cast information, mm-hmm. and then we'll do we'll do our big our big diatribe. So the only new member we have for the cast here is Dan Hagen playing Joe Burton. Mm-hmm. You know Dan Hagen because we can't stop talking can't about get him. Because we can't get away from him in New Odyssey and in this arc specifically. He is the man who voices Archie Hagler, Jacques Henri, Wilhelm Holstein, and in this episode he voices Joe Burton. Of course. The uh bank teller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not suspicious at all. And I mean he yeah. does an excellent job. A, yeah. a man with many voices, as it were. A and voice we, actor. 
And we also have in the uh, Dylan called this and is amazing uh, portion of the show, <laughs> Lee Merriweather coming back as Felicia Larson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. And, you know, I mean, Dylan called this. We're, I don't know. I don't know how much we're supposed to, like, congratulate ourselves. Because I feel very accomplished when I guess something that Odyssey is going to do. Uh-huh. But it is for 8 to 12-year-olds. Right. But it is. But those 8 to 12-year-olds aren't going to guess it. That's true. That's true. We're really cool to them. (laughs) This is, are you smarter than an 8 to (laughs) 12-year-old listener in Adventures in Odyssey? And the answer is yes. Sometimes. Not all the time. But No, they occasionally know more trivia than we do, mm-hmm. but we are right more. Yeah, we can, um, we can. And I'll stand by that. Pick up on those tropes, those plot beats. Well, Dylan can. Um, and then the other major thing of note. So this episode, written and directed by Paul McCusker. The final episode, written and directed by Paul McCusker, up till now. He had left the show five years prior Mm -hmm. to these episodes um, and then came back to do these episodes and has since left again. Well, I'm surprised. Or four years prior. Regardless, he had been a while that he had been off the show. His previous episode before these was episode 782, which aired um, October 31st, 2015. He wrote and directed every episode on album 59, Taking the Plunge, which was the album after Ties That Bind, the Mm. first six-episode album that, you know, debuted on the club and then came onto the radio later, like that whole thing. And then he left the show. Um, There are no winners on that album that I'm looking at. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I think I think it's ties the bind aftermath essentially. Oh, no wonder. Um, but anyways, so he left the show at that point, um, and then came back for this. Um, and he maybe if we ever uh, decide to do uh, our, you know, uh, hey, pay us money and we'll make extra stuff, we can get into this. But I am very very interested in this. So. When he, what he has been up to since leaving the show mm-hmm. is he has done like written and directed a handful of audio dramas for the Augustine Institute. What is that? That is a um a like a Catholic divination school. Interesting. Yeah, we've never actually talked about it on the show, but McCusker converted to catholicism in like 2007 so like way back in like the show's run like wow. that's that's still in paul Herlinger era yeah um yeah wow that's like album 2007 that's like what album 45 yeah so somewhere in, somewhere in there somewhere in there Right, right, right around like uh eugene returns era mm-hmm. and whatnot no way out stuff yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> interesting and so yeah surprise focus lets a catholic work on their show i i think it is i think it is very interesting and i think it is such a testament to like how much uh like how much he has done shepherding of this show Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes sense that he yeah that they let him stay on and also like still a christian like oh yeah 100 like i I feel like i feel like there's a very like early 
like late 90s, early aughts, like perspective from evangelicals on Catholicism, which is like, they're not actually Christians. Yeah, no, no, they they, they don't believe in Jesus. That's not what all their pictures are about and all their big right. churches or anything. Right. <laughs> which like wasn't, you know, like the whole Peter thing, the yeah, rock yeah. in which I will build my church. We're just going to forget about no. that. Bible and, and like, right. Yeah, there's plenty of interesting discussion about the, you know. <laughs> about Catholicism, (laughs) but we're we're, we're not. That's not what this show is. No, no, we're not here to unpack Catholicism. The thing that is... What do you think he thinks about Pope Francis, though? Like, do you think... Because that's a very divisive issue amongst Catholics. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't know. Um, He doesn't seem to have a... Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of... He doesn't have a lot of information that is modern. Like, it is hard... Props to him, mm-hmm. but, like, he seems to be a fairly private man who is just happy to, like... Do his job. Live his life and, like, occasionally direct stuff. He also... Oh, man. Look, once again, if if sometime in the future we set up a way for you to pay us money, there is a... He wrote a movie that is, like, a direct-to-video like mess of a oh. like christian movie um or catholic movie you you know what i mean yeah. that is um it stars uh john reese davies um okay. uh, gimli yeah slash sala yeah slash like the guy who stars in all of those direct-to-video christian movies because <laughs> that is kind of become his thing um somebody's gotta do it it is yeah somebody's it is gotta collect wild what is I got I to gotta pull this up now. It's called Beyond the Mask. It came out in 2015. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's, a, that's a thing he made. Wow. Or he and wrote. that came out in 2015? Correct. So that came out before these episodes. That was basically like right after he left the show. He did, he did this movie called Beyond the Mask. Oh, it's a period piece. It is a period piece. It is the proud owner of a 29% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine it is an enjoyable watch, but I think we could have fun with it. Mhm. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. So. Well, and if McCusker did it, I mean, Right. Yeah. I, it just it just feels like, "Hey, we've got like an easy in here, which is like, hey, you know, I like plenty of the other stuff he's done. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And not all of it. But yeah, could be could be fun. But honestly, most of it looking yeah. like I'm scrolling through oh, a, like yeah. the episodes that he's written. And, you know, we I've made my, my feelings on the ties that bind abundantly clear. But other than that, they're pretty much all winners. Yeah. Yeah. And like then- a solid at least 85% success right. rate for Paul McCusker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are his blemishes? Like, Ties the Bind and Castles and Cauldrons? Like, are those the things that we're going to take issue with here? Uh, yeah, I mean, he did Truth 60, Chronicles 60 stuff, something. maybe. Oh, 60-something. Yeah, it's not like... Look, it's not like he's 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 batting 100 here, but no. I do love it. I also... I like that... So, he, with the Augustine Institute, he's done... Um, he's done a Robin Hood adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, a... A uh, movie called, or a, not a movie, a, an audio drama called "The Trials of Saint Patrick." Ooh, um, 
which I and I think that one specifically is interesting because he perf- he previously did the Saint Patrick the Saint the Saint Patrick two parter, mm-hmm. which I'm like ah that would be a fun like hey let's cover all of these <laughs> yeah I don't know who who knows what our future holds I was will a- I subscribe to the niche Catholic streaming service that these you know audio dramas exist on maybe I'm. There may have been a time in my life where I thought that I was above that. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has proven otherwise. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, so that's the uh, that's the high level. Um, we just got to talk a little bit about McCusker because this is this is where he leaves it. And who knows? He could come back. Mm-hmm. It's only been two, three years since he was on the so like since he did these. But and there was and there was a what like a five-year break four or five-year break previous prior to that mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see but uh well, i mean if he comes back he's coming back swinging because it seems to be that's the only way like the only thing he knows how to do post album 50 is just big arcs with lots of character development yeah. and yeah well yeah and this just like this feels like this is kind of his his child and there's so much that like yeah that i think he did, gets right in these episodes that oh like, my gosh yeah no, yeah. it's in. I, yeah. I have very good things to say about the long end part three and yeah. part one and two as as far as like where it fits in the tier of Odyssey, like the quality. Yeah. You know, this is a A tier, S tier episode in my <laughs> mind. You wanna, you wanna, you want me to roll the promo and then we can just yeah. get into it, Andrew? Oh yeah, more than anything, let's just dive right in. On the next adventure in Odyssey, the past and future of Buck Oliver collide in a dramatic conclusion. I know what Skint is after. I must admit, this entire situation makes me nervous, Buck. Me too. I'm taking him back. He didn't belong here anyway. Get out of here or I'll I'll, I'll call the police. Just call it the last scene in the long end. You won't want to miss the next adventure in Odyssey. You won't want to miss the next episode, Andrew. I mean, after this one, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I have no context at all for in the sun scorched land part one, Ugh. which is the next episode. But this one, you know, I don't want to miss. I'm certainly glad I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this episode kicks off with Skint and Two Bits formulating their plan. Yeah. So this is the thing. And maybe maybe it's just an inconsistency in my notes. Is he always two bits or is he sometimes two bit? Is there always an S there? Does everyone say with an S? Because some people for sure do. Two bit Luker, I think. But he gets so. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely both. Okay. I feel like Jason calls him two bit or some like. Yeah, maybe. Like one of the agents calls him two bit, and then he. But I think Skint always calls him two bits. Yeah, I think of him as two bit, but Mm. I. (laughs) But two I, bits in my heart. Right. <laughs> no, no, two bit in my heart. Because two bit, if he was two not. bits, that would be encroaching on our territory of this podcast just being two bits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we got. We're 150 episodes in. And we've got, we've got two, two bits. bits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perspiring. (laughs) (laughs) It's an audio podcast. Can you hear the sweat on his brow? Mm, It's 
misting. <laughs> um. So yeah, the skin skin's telling telling two bit that uh, that he doesn't uh think that Buck or the police know what he's after mm-hmm. be- based on his previous conversation with Buck. Um, and he's like, all right, two bit, like I'm sending you back in, mm-hmm. you're going to go to J triple J antiques and, uh, uh, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. Cause he loves getting people arrested. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's one of his two bits. <laughs> what What's the other one? Running away, leaving, <laughs> getting people arrested and leaving. Uh. He's like an inverse cop. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this scene? It's so brief. No, it's, yeah, it's very brief. I, and this is like a, I guess more of a general note. For some reason, this like aftermath stuff feels very Better Call Saul to me. I don't know. Okay. Even though Better Call Saul is a prequel to Breaking Bad, as far as like the world building and like these tangential characters coming in and fleshing out this like very uh, pre-existing, but it's also you know, coming out after the fact. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I'm watching through Better Call Saul, if you cannot tell. Yeah. So. Great show. Season four. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Season six is coming out. Maybe. Now, soon? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's spring. I hope Could so. Be wrong. It doesn't matter. Um, the, uh, That's yeah. That's our second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Better Call Paul, in which we cover him after our conversion. <laughs> Ooh, we make a radio <laughs> drama about him becoming a Christian after after the events of Breaking Bad. Oh. Perfect. Oh. He's working in Nebraska. He's in the Bible Belt. We can make it happen. Oh, we redo a road to Damascus scene. He gets blinded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's the it's the Cinnabon icing. He's like looking into it. It just he passes out. <sighs> sees God. Why are you persecuting me? Stop selling burner phones to criminals. <laughs> he woke up and he knew. <laughs> Stop undercutting America's legal system. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing that I, your God, care about. <laughs> yes. Most of all. <laughs> Not the meth. <laughs> None of that. No. No. No, that, no. that guy got his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, I was sure I took care of that one. <laughs> Did you see um, that series finale? <laughs> spoilers. Um, is that is that the promo clip for this episode, Andrew? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> uh, Launching our better call, Paul. <laughs> that and two bit. I mean, we're we're really we're doing it. So. So yeah, the we we then go to a scene with Jason where he's he's with Monty and uh, two bits walking up to the door mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, hide in the back, Monty. They're like skins trying to bait us. Mm-hmm. Let's just." And Monty's like, "All right, well, yep. let's lean into it." Yeah, yeah. He's like, um, so he. Goes and hides in the back, and then Two Bits comes in and gives him more money than the chest is worth for the chest. Two thousand dollars. Well, no, so it's a thousand dollars for the chest and another thousand to keep him from calling the police. Right. And I, I never knew a cop that couldn't be bought. 
He's so... Just takes his money. Jason is so cool. Like, Oh, it's so funny. You can hear his eye rolls. <laughs> I, I, he drops into the stiletto voice for a portion, and it just makes me so happy. I'm like, Townsend Coleman, you're killing it. He's like, so I just, good. He's so good. I just good. love that you... Like, he, he plays, like, this role of just the retired, exhausted spy agent that has this long past so well. So when, you know, Two Bits comes in and starts talking to him, like, yeah. That whole bit last episode where he didn't remember how to be watched or whatever, complete nonsense. Yeah. He just kills it here. It's amazing <laughs> voice acting. It's, yeah, it's so exciting because you hear it and then you don't know like oh my gosh how is two bits gonna respond to him like confessing and blowing his cover and he's like oh yeah i just own this antique shop which is true yeah like jason just tells this criminal yeah. exactly what he's up to uh-huh. <laughs> and and two bits is so dumb mm-hmm. he just rolls with it yep like he's just like oh yeah i've never met a cop who couldn't be bought mm-hmm. here take these two thousand dollars jason's like exactly oh thanks <laughs> yeah it's, you you feel that like two-bit feeling like he's so clever mm-hmm. which is really funny mm-hmm. um and then uh monty uh you know sends his agents out to chase him yeah he's like you want to chase <laughs> give him a chase make a show of it he says yeah over the over the phone to his colleagues right and monty knows what skint is after which is revealed in this scene which right. obviously was established in the first scene is to like, ah, they don't know. Just kidding. I do know, which is so yep. cool. And hearing yep. Monty say that was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he talked to Eugene, mm-hmm. and Eugene told him about the will. The thing that's weird is Skint talks about, I guess, well, no, I guess he doesn't. Skint doesn't know about the will. Or Buck didn't tell Skint about the will, just about the painting. Mm-hmm. So when he says, like, when yeah, when he says he doesn't know what he's after, um, I guess he doesn't know. Like, or like he doesn't know that Buck knows what he's after. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get into it as we as we plunge forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we we then jump to a scene with uh, Eugene and Katrina and Buck, and Buck explains. The, the 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 name of this three-parter yep in excruciating See, detail what, you know what a long end is it's an end that's long <laughs> you gotta you gotta, you gotta do it and it takes a a long time actually right. you, you as opposed to most cons that are short and then continue this one is long and then ends yep a short uh like short con small yield continuous this is long con yeah, this yeah. is the low and slow baking method. And then we, uh, and then we find out that uh, that Buck has a trust fund set up by his parents, and mm-hmm. that's what, um, that's what they're, that's the, the, that's the, where the money is, right? That's and that's where the valuables probably are. Probably what Skint's after. It would appear so. And then, uh, and then, you know, speak of the devil, and he comes running. Yeah, Skint just busts in. Yep. And um, duct tapes Eugene and Katrina to the chair. Yeah. And Eugene protests, which is good. And then, like, he's basically, you know, Buck is going along with it, which was, upon my first listen, was kind of confusing. Only in the sense of, like, I don't know what angle he is going to play this or what's going to happen with this. If he was 
actually going along with Skint and he was going to change his mind later or as right. what is revealed now that he pretty much had a plan all along. Right. Well, because my big note in this scene is like, it was like, oh, Buck didn't actually loop in Eugene and Katrina on what's going on. That yeah. really bums me out. And then you find like, oh, no, he did. Eugene and Katrina are just playing a part. Like he's mm-hmm. conning. He's conning the con artist. But they have to do it in a way that's a reveal for us, the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not my favorite. No. Like, I, I will say, like, this, after the high of last episode and really loving the first one, this one was a bit of a letdown for me. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, some of the plotting kind of, like, I can start to see the cracks in it in it's ways that I don't yada. love. Yeah. But I like what they're going for i like what the characters are and what the characters do for sure um the actions don't always line up and the logistics are as shoddy as ever yeah (laughs) right well and it's just right it's this it's this thing too where it's like what like buck is complying to some pretty extreme stuff Mm -hmm. on first listen you're like what does Skint have over him? Mm-hmm. Like, is this truly just a, like, oh, you are a parental figure? Is, like, why isn't he holding a gun? Yeah. Like, it's just the, like, Skint has Buck, like, duct tape Eugene and Katrina to chairs. Yeah. And I'm just like, that shouldn't be, like, there should be a threat involved to get him to comply there, even if he, like... Even if he's not conning, mm-hmm. or like especially if he's not conning, he sh- there's I don't believe that the buck we know would give in that easily. Yeah, certainly not. Well, and he didn't do that in the green ring at all either. So there is there is kind of the understanding that if that were to be true and for that to happen, like Buck is right. not only going back to this life, he's worse than he was before. Right. So there's, right. The, it kind of stretches it a little thin. Right. Which stretch. is, yeah, once again, as they're trying to like pull one over on us, the audience is a thing that gets threaded throughout this episode mm-hmm. of like, but Buck's like off the deep end. Yeah. Um, but and, Eugene is like fighting for him and he gets duct tape while he's like protesting, which yeah. I love that for Eugene. Especially and, when you, in retrospect, it was all an act. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that he's like, look, I know I don't have to, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go, and then he duct tapes him, and, and Skin says, oh, I'm getting a sense of deja vu, because did, did Eugene get duct taped in the green ring? No, Obviously. Katrina did. Yeah, yeah. She got Katrina yeah, the, got the duct taped to the chair. I'm sure Eugene has been duct taped in the past. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, did he get... He got was he he was duct taped in the uh in the J and J antiques. Yeah, the jewelry store scam. Right. Yeah. So that jewelry was jewelry store. That's a enunciation issue I have. Anyway. <laughs> Buck explains to Skint everything that he's figured out in the previous two episodes regarding the painting and the will and all of that. And of course Skint is like Oh, you know, I was looking at it all this time, and I never guessed it. And it's kind of a sweet moment because you know it shows that Buck is is intelligent and kind of did manage to pull this over on Skin. Yeah, um, it's just like I. It feels a lot of like telling him what you already told him as far as the show is concerned. Yeah, but but no, but it's also like he explains the will, which is like I don't understand his motivations in what like in either case. Because it's like, why is he keeping this from him? 
Mm-hmm. Or like, why isn't he keeping this from him? Oh, he's playing him. But then why? Like, I guess my biggest, we'll just get into this now. My biggest gripe with the them, the reason Buck would con Skint mm-hmm. is to set Skint up for like an easy arrest where he had something that he could like for sure be put away for. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we get in this episode. No. Like, no. there's no... They could have written, right now in this scene, Monty, Monty walking up. in yeah. and arresting Skin. And it would have packed... Like, and it would have made just as much sense as when it happens later. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's my frustration. Where it's like, if you're going to, like, work out this whole, like, double cross whatever, there should be, like, some nail in the coffin thing that you get skint on mm-hmm. to justify why you have to go through all this. Yeah. Because if the problem is literally just, like, he's slippery and it's hard to track him down and, like, get a hold of him, mm-hmm. it's like, you probably could have worked out something less convoluted. Well, definitely, and considering the information that we as the listeners have at this point in the episode, where we know that both Monty and Jason are on to him, like, this is going to take effect, he is going to get brought down. Right. That takes so long to pay off. Yeah. The whole, like, Monty and Jason being like, we're ahead of the ball on this. Mm, Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like, I I was just frustrated with why is Buck responding in this way, Mm -hmm. where it didn't, it felt like a character turn, and I realized that's what they're going for, Mm -hmm. because both they want to put the audience on edge, and they want to set up that, like, Buck is playing skin, Mm -hmm. and I can appreciate that from a really high level, Mm -hmm. but I just don't, it just doesn't work for me in the way that it plays out because I don't think it like quite lines up all the way. No. Yeah. They, they definitely kind of do the odyssey thing where they're doing maybe a little bit too much. They could have kept it a little bit more trim or at least made it more direct. Um, in that, like, when you have a three-parter and you've got to stretch out a certain amount of plot over a certain amount of time, you know, I don't know whether they had a bunch of material that got cut and that was left on the threshing room floor and that's what we have, you know, we just are left with that. Or if it was the other way around where they had X amount of plot points and they had an hour of audio to fill out and, you know, they needed to make it take a little bit longer before Skint got caught. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll never know quite what it looks like behind the scenes. But... And the the scene I just want to mention, um, the scene ends with kind of Skint basically saying that Buck didn't belong here anyway, and right. he's kidnapping him and taking him home. Yep. Um, which is, I mean, as somebody who likes the voice of Skint, is kind of like nice and cool and whatever, and it's interesting to hear him say that, at least upon re- re-listen. Mm. Um Especially knowing the the comeuppance that are about to come up. Amen. Um, so, yeah, we then get some, like, wild music for that interlude. Mm-hmm. And, then we, uh, and then we jump to Skint kind of laying everything out. And he's like, 2-Bit is going to go there. He's The cops are currently chasing him. He's going to wind up at Eugene and Katrina's house. He's going to take them hostage. Yep. Um, and then I... Skint's whole reason for this whole thing so i guess 
part of it that is there as an undertone, which I do appreciate and does make this feel more valid, is that Skint does care for Buck. Yeah. And so this is, like, personal to him. Mm -hmm. The part that's harder is he is coming at this because he wants the money in Buck's trust fund so that he can, like, seal the deal on this, like, perfect con he's been he's been doing yeah and then then he'll be out and i'm just like that it feels like there's an easier way to write this than the it's con like, man trying to con the con man well it just <laughs> they it, got saved by a con man <laughs> it feels like well it feels like the the way that i think you would like just my like off the top of my head way to improve this episode is there is something in the lockbox mm-hmm. from his personal ties to Buck's parents mm-hmm. that he specifically needs mm. in order to like make whatever he's doing fit. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's incriminating evidence yeah, in there that's like, it. hey, here's Skint's, you know, actual name or whatever. Or, maybe they've got a secret ranch in Canada or something right. he can run away and hide out at. Right. Like, maybe there, if there, if it wasn't just money, mm-hmm. because we set up in the um in like the prequel to these episodes um that whole like when he first visits felicia felicia larson Mm -hmm. and we set up that like skint was calling every like was always like around trying to find you know this will Mm -hmm. yeah and the reason now just seems like is just because he wanted money yeah he wanted money so he could get out but no, but, like no, I mean, he totally but he's been doing been it like, for years. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's just like oh, he's always been trying to get like the money from Buck's parents, and it's like I feel like this would just work better if there was some something from their shared history mm-hmm. that made him want this. Yeah, well, an incriminating evidence I think is an excellent option for that because he's right. he's got a incriminating evidence is great, but also just like the key to a safe. Yeah. Or like, like literally a, a piece of paper that mm-hmm. like has, has like GPS coordinates, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it feels like it would be, it feels like there's just a more compelling thing. And let's let's play this out. Mm-hmm. So there's a piece of incriminating evidence, and mm-hmm. he's like, I have to destroy this piece of evidence before. I can actually retire because I'll never be able to rest easy knowing that this piece is out there. And then they capture him, Mm -hmm. pull out that piece of evidence. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, one of those situations where like in order to get to the evidence, you need something from Skint. Mm. Like Buck can't get there on his own. Yeah. There's some piece that Skint fills. You get Skint. You get that piece of incriminating evidence. Then you bust him and you've got the incriminating evidence to put him away forever. Perfect. Like, it just feels like there is, it feels like money is both, like, the easiest and least logical thing for him to be after in this. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, it's it just feels like very, like, of course. first draft. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, he wants money. And it's like, but you've been building this up for so long that there's, like... All this, this personal ties. Right, and all these personal ties and, like, Felicia reveals at the end of the episode to um to buck that like 
his mom put all of those things in place to keep stuff from Skint. Yeah, and, and from it's his like dad and from everybody. Right, and it's like, like oh, the him. stuff that she was trying to keep was money, which like, sure, Skint would have taken the money and like used it, and then yeah. Buck wouldn't have had it, I yeah. guess. But he just doesn't feel nearly as... It could have been a just like... It just feels like, oh... It could have been punctuated better. Right. With a there's, little bit more... There's something... There, there's, there's a like, you know third or fourth draft here that would make more sense and be more satisfying Mm -hmm. um and so that's yeah anyways that that's my like big take on this episode that was just the yeah that was just no for sure slightly annoying to me well no it is and it is i mean considering how skint like you know the long end basically the, the the climax is skint getting put away and you know that's the that's the, that's the climax and it's it is kind of yada yada to get there i mean you have a, okay so he goes to the bank and then goes to the bank that's really far away and he's created this diversion and then you know he turns out he gets tricked and he gets trapped at the bank and gets arrested like yeah it, it didn't it didn't take a ton more just to yeah, it just feels like a couple things could have yeah. been... T- it feels like the bones are there for the perfect finale. And yeah. just, like, a couple, like, missteps happened. Mm-hmm. And now it just, like, just, doesn't quite work. Yeah, kind of like my, my left wrist. I mean, yeah, I did have the surgery, but the, the range of motion isn't isn't there yet. <laughs> the bones are there. <laughs> so Right, so the whole, the whole thing... Yeah, he, he then reveals, like, yeah, so, yeah, it's all part of this big scheme I have to get away from it, and Tubit is going to get arrested, and he doesn't know the 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 plan, because I played him, too, because, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Buck does get the chance. I guess the one, the one advantage to Buck and Skin having this interaction is that Buck gets a little bit of info on his background. Yeah. The problem is that at the end of the episode, we find out Felicia Larson's alive and in, you know, protective custody and can tell him all this and more. Yep. And is not a threat to him. We didn't need that conversation with Skin in the car. No. It could have um, just happened with Felicia at the end. But but Buck's mom had cancer and was trying to keep that from Buck. Mm-hmm. His dad died in a car crash buck has or skint has always looked after buck because of how much he loved his mom Mm -hmm. um they did like a reverse snape yeah that was exactly (laughs) what i have that in my notes as well i was Uh, like yep snape yeah i was like oh wait we we we're giving skint the snape arc okay (laughs) interesting and Snape goes to jail. Right. I mean, I guess he well, just died. No, but it's the, it's the reverse Snape. Because yeah. Snape hates Harry's mom. Mm-hmm. Or hates Harry because he loved, he loved his mom. Yeah. And then it winds up being a good guy. Mm-hmm. And this is Skint loves Buck because he loved his mom. And he's a bad guy. Yeah, it winds up being a bad guy. Exactly. The the, the reverse Snape is, is I think, the the scientific term for that that trope yeah, yeah i i agree um that's what they have it in the textbook says <laughs> that's what the that's what the official guides are for yeah the 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 thing that is yeah a nice moment here or whatever is buck talks about you know how hard it was to leave skin mm-hmm. and to change into this way of life it says it's the and hardest like, thing he's ever done and i appreciate that and believe his sincerity in that and i feel like we have seen that through his arc Mm -hmm. um and it rings true and then he goes on this little tirade about how he's like stolen all this information and can bring them all down 
including and underlining like Jules? Jules' dad's credit card. The alcoholic, which is like you don't want to steal money from an alcoholic. They don't have any money, <laughs> right? Well, it's like sure, and also it's like stealing a credit card is like like such a like trivial way. It's like. You could steal anybody's credit card and do the same thing. Like it, yeah. it's just like that. That doesn't feel like that's a good con. That's a really excellent sell that I'm and still like, in the game right. and I'm and, on your side. Yeah, yeah. I've and been the, collecting all this information right. and then and the and skin also doesn't really buy it. And it's just one of those things where, as an audience, you're going, "Is this really horribly written, or is there something bigger at play?" And the answer is, there's something bigger at play, but mm. it is. Also badly written. Well, yeah, I think the badly written is like Buck is not able to play this role yeah. well and sell it, yeah. which I think is actually good, good writing, writing and good performance. But it just, it, I wish it was done in a way that was less un. I wish it was done in a way that was a little bit more clear what mm. was going on. I wish they would telegraph things a little bit. I wish, I guess, I wish this episode wasn't so caught up in the twist mm. of, oh no, Buck was actually playing skin. Yeah. Because I think it it makes it a worse Buck episode mm -hmm. because we have to view it through that lens and I don't mm -hmm. think it's particularly artfully done yeah like, one is that like is do you think that they had to take that angle so they could do the whole kind of like buck was on a bad path at the end and then like <sighs> I, I or is that you know is chicken or the know. egg situation like did the moral did they sh sh you know shoehorn the episode to meet the moral that happens at the end because initially our, our prediction was he becomes a christian this episode right. which yep. that didn't happen it didn't but we do get an altar call in chris's outro oh exactly which is perfect very just, on brand well and also just weird yes um, yes it just no. feels no, out I, of I, place I, I don't i'm not supporting that <laughs> no well I, i'm not i'm not like against that as a concept it just doesn't feel like it this is the time or place yeah I don't know, maybe exactly. that was part of mccusker coming back where he was like i will only come back to an episode if we get to work in an altar call <laughs> this is my like yeah. this is my, my like, weird ass right yeah that's exactly what i was gonna my say yellow this teddy bears my green m&ms yep. like this is this is the weird ask yeah <laughs> that's good um so yeah they oh oh wait before we move on the sound engineering of the car ride is incredible. The turn signal sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, um, I feel like this is very much like the truck sounds they had from Green Ring being reused. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Which they, like, went overboard on that. And I do I do love it. Um, Did the... Oh, and then, so... The next scene is them basically arriving at the Harlanville National Bank. Right. Which um, has the floor de Lily on. perfect. Yep. Which is in part of the painting. Yeah. Um, but then we get a hands-free phone call, which is, if he's at the bank, why is he using the hands-free? No, they're still in the car, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, But. So two bits, which I thought was fun and cool and yes. different for Odyssey to yeah. recognize technology in that way. <laughs> Look at that. Crazy. <laughs> um, And uh, yeah, and there's. Yeah, this was this was just the yeah two bits is like does this whole thing where he's like yeah I'm holding them hostage and you know mm -hmm. it's yeah and Buck's like can you put them on and he's like no yeah no nope. <laughs> um, I took and, off Katrina's duct tape but Eugene was too annoying yeah 
which is yeah funny uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah this was just where i was like what are Jason and Monty up to? Mm-hmm. Why Why do we not know yeah. what's going on here? This is weird. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then we go into the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, Buck provides identification, which includes a driver's, driver's license. license. I'm glad you made note of that as well. It means he's at least 16. Yep. Ooh. Yep. The man is licensed. Chalk Squad, are, are 16-year-olds old enough to date? What do you, What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I dated when I was 16. I still don't you know if that was a good idea. You dated way before. Yeah, yeah. I dated when I was 14. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was a good idea. But thinking about Jules and Buck. I feel like logistically dating makes sense once you can drive. Yeah. It definitely makes a lot more sense than dating before you can drive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those are just best friends that you make out with. Words to live by. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, the it comes out that there are uh there's the safe deposit box has there there is like along with Buck's trust is a safe deposit box. Mm-hmm. They like the bank teller, um, Dan Hagler walks them to it. Um and I'm sorry, did I Dan Hagler. <laughs> I just com- combined Archie Hagler, Hagler and Dan, and Dan Hagen. <laughs> That's a wonderful spirit child with so many accents. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he, <laughs> um, so he walks, yeah, he walks them to, to the thing. And then Buck is like, ah, I am afraid of like tight spaces. You go ahead, Skint. And this Skint's like, there's a gate here. That's weird. And he's like, well, it's for security. And so Skint walks in and they close the gate and are like, we gotcha. The end. <laughs> Which is so... It's just so like, anticlimactic yes. for this, like, it's like this skin- slippery worm and there's who escapes this whole... the law for right. literally, like, probably 30 or 40 years at this point. Yeah. And, and he just gets yeah. tricked into walking under the gate, like, ooh. Right. And <laughs> look yeah. at this yeah. bait-looking bait. Let me right. just... Take that. Well, you see, it's spring-loaded. Yeah. So if I if we were running from here and I pull it here, it's gonna yeah. land over that. Oh, nope, it just goes straight down. It just goes straight down. <laughs> A little fantastic Mr. I'm Fox pregnant. reference. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Honey, that's great news. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. I don't movie. have enough. Yeah, um, it, it might be. <laughs> so, so they then uh, move over, Citizen Kane. <laughs> Look, I'll go on record on saying I like that movie more. Oh, 100%. I like that movie more than, like, most critically acclaimed good movies. Look, we'll plug it again at the end, but I feel like Chalk Squad, if you haven't seen... Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox. Yes, the Wes Anderson film, uh, watch it. Yeah, definitely. It's and a clean PG. Mm-hmm. At loaded cast. Hilarious. Yep. Great character development. I feel like, I feel like it was no big swearing. in my youth group. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So I feel like it's got it's got good it's, it's got good, safe. good good bones there. Anyway, excellent bones. Um. So, so there's this whole yeah. The, then Buck does this little like you know the thing that was always gonna get you skin is that like you 
like your weaknesses is other people's, people's weaknesses. weaknesses. Your weaknesses is exploiting other people. What? <laughs> right. That's your answer. And he so he exploited Buck by going in alone. Like it was yeah. I. The scene I'll does feel not bad for this only for a moment. I mean, the, wink. Yeah. End Mon- scene. <laughs> right. Mon- Monty pops up, pops out for a bit, and then I mm. am just like. Well done, Buck, my boy. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like I am just like I'm glad that like yeah that he came through in this and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get kind of the summation stuff where it's like, oh, you know, Two Bits was at the police station when he made those ca- calls. Eugene and Katrina were in on the whole ruse. Mm-hmm. Felicia Larson's in witness protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, oh, okay, yep, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And then Buck, in the next scene, gets to meet Felicia Larson. Again, but yeah, the the bit, and just shouts out to Lee Merriweather for mm-hmm. really playing this well. But the bit where, like, while the detective is in the room, she well, I guess it's Monty, dumb. but, like, while yeah. Monty's in the room, she acts like this, like, little old lady who, like, couldn't do anything. And then as soon as she... Where's the mute button? Let yeah. me tell you about all the secret money. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love it. I'm also like, Felicia, you gotta know there's no way that room's not bugged, right? Yeah, but bugs. Yeah. There is but, one bug per lamp in that. In those, yeah. in those rooms. It is just, yeah. It's nice. Um, And she, yeah. You can call me mama. Yeah. Which is so cute. That's oh, funny. Makes my heart melt. Yeah. Well, because, like, Buck doesn't have a mama. I know. And her nickname was Mama. Um, she's uh, she's going to send Buck a picture of his mom, which mm-hmm. is really great. Yeah. Um, and She loved his mom a lot, too. Yeah. Which is really sweet in how that's juxtaposed against kind of skin and how they both love Buck's mom and how it both kind of how it came out in different ways mm-hmm. because of their own selfish intents. Yeah, and it just like even though they're both criminals it does like underline like hey buck's mom was pretty cool like like people liked her Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. well and she was looking out for her kid she wasn't like her dad who would have squandered all his money like you get the idea that she was a good con artist but also a like above average human yeah yeah and so the, the the weird thing here is though all those things were hidden from skin like like the whole like mystery they had to unravel was to keep it from skin not from buck felicia knew all the answers and was going to tell him when he came of age mm-hmm. and i don't understand why her being put into witness protection here she was unable to do that like i yeah. understand like it, it is weird that it's like she mailed off these things i maybe she mailed them off hoping that but she knew that Skint was coming after her because they were using her as bait. Like, that was the mm-hmm. whole thing was, like, we're doing this to draw Skin out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know why she sent him on the goose chase. Because, like, it, if she knew, like, the point was, like, oh, like, you know, I'm, you know, in witness protection so that we can, like, get Skin and whatever. Maybe just, like, don't do anything with the, the mirror and the picture or, like... Mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, this one I don't feel like I have as clear a way to revise it that works. Yeah. But it did just strike me as like, it made this like a little weirdly like, it's as weirdly overcomplicated and underwritten. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like Odyssey does, 
and maybe it's a McCusker thing, I don't know, at, like, the end of, like, really long yep. arcs and stuff like that, where, like, oh, we're tying all these loose ends up. And by tying all these loose ends up, I mean just, you know, mashing a bunch of rope in till right. they get well, tangled I, honestly, up in knots I, and chucking it in the I don't corner. know that it's a McCusker thing. I think the, the other time we've talked about it with this level is part three of Rydell Revelations, which oh, I feel like did a Lawler. very yeah. similar thing. Yeah. Phil Lawler episode... We obviously like those episodes way less than these, but had a Some similar might say thing <laughs> where it was just like, oh, the the like way you are wrapping this up is somehow feels like you are doing too much effort, like way more effort than is needed, mm-hmm. and giving us an unsatisfying answer as a result. Yeah. Um. All for it to not be the last scene in the episode, too. Right. Right. Because. Um, we have to... I mean, like, I'm glad that we get a Eugene Katrina Buck moment. Yeah. That is nice. We, we go out of this scene on Felicia telling Buck stories of his family. Mm-hmm. But the this next really scene sweet. has to exist so that we have an album artwork. Mm-hmm. Very important. The thing I would like to draw attention to that makes zero sense, though, is Skint is lurking in the bushes in the album artwork. Oh, wow. Yeah, he is. <laughs> That, uh... (laughs) And so I don't... I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, that that might have been a bit of an oversight. (laughs) It's just... And it's not... Look, there are plenty of examples in Odyssey of the album artworks not being a literal interpretation of what occurred. Mm -hmm. But it is just bizarre. Well, because otherwise this is such a clear representation. Also, Buck does not look 16 in that album artwork. Dude, he's got a leather jacket. He's got to be 16. You can't Uh, wear one of those if you're less than 16. I've got some bad news for myself in middle school then. Goodness. Or at least some of my friends. Jacob used to wear leather jacket all the time. That's true. Um, This is a leather jacket fiend. (laughs) So yeah, the Buck reveals that there was a in the safety deposit box there was a rocket, um, which will apparently quite a sizable one if we're going yes. by the album artwork. Right. And they they've got to complete the last piece of the picture, which was setting off the rocket, which mm-hmm. is like a fun bow tie, whatever, mm-hmm. on the whole thing. Yeah. I I think it's yeah, I think it's weird to be setting off like a big old fireworks rocket during the daytime. I also think it's weird if Felicia was supposed to reveal all this to Buck and not make him go through the scavenger hunt to then one of the pieces to the scavenger hunt be in the safety deposit box. I don't know. It just feels like we're being too clever here. No, Um, yeah, it definitely feels a bit uh, overdone. But the way more meaningful thing is that he got his father's high school ring. Yeah, and it was the the one thing he didn't steal. Yep. And I love that. There's a lot of talk this episode about like, how do you know what the truth is when you believe so many lies? And that's that's a very real thing, and it's a, it's very difficult. And I'm I'm you know glad to see the show talking about it. Um, yeah. Also, like I look look. I know it's not necessarily the right way to go about it, but there is part of me where I'm like, Buck should propose with the class ring. <laughs> No, I'm. Where I'm like, look, it's not an engagement ring. It wouldn't make sense as an engagement ring. But could be a promise ring, though. But the, um... (laughs) I mean, dang it, Andrew, come on. We can't. We can't. We can't. Evangelicals love their promise rings. They really do. They're so into them. I mean, 
I've never bought a promise ring. Not once. <laughs> not not twice. Not three times. <laughs> a lady. <laughs> Andrew oh, and I are different people. We are. We um, are. There's a multitude of uh, viewpoints represented by the Wadcam Chalk Pod. <laughs> that is for sure. But but yeah, I, I'm just like, oh, well, now you own a, ver- a ring that is very important to you and have a great... A relationship with another character on the show and maybe many moons in the future this will be a uh this can be a thing that occurs i would love just planning my flag now yep connie becomes a counselor (laughs) jules gets in a relationship with buck we get a nice little promise ring scene they can even sneak off and do some mischief in Mm. buck's car nothing nothing sexual certainly but just, just mischief, like forking lawns, uh, shenanigans that, that only uh, Midwestern high schoolers get into. Right, 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 of course. Mostly involving practical jokes, you know, strand wrapping toilets. Oh, uh, Playing inappropriate music on the speakers in department stores, that sort of thing. Speaking from experience, Andrew? <laughs> no. <clears throat> um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, where we go out. That's it? That's, that's the episode. It's uh it's, it's a, a good long one. end. <laughs> it is a long end. I yeah, I think my my notes stand of like eh, it's a little convoluted at times that are frustrating. Um but I like and I wish I wish this episode stuck the landing a little bit better. But mm. I like all of these relationship dynamics. I like I I it's, wish they had maybe put a little bit better tied up the because the whole thing at the beginning of this three part is Dale like, oh, wanting yeah. to interview Buck. Yeah. And I wish that plan all. had been that that and I wish that plan had been landed a bit. Like that would be nice. Or just uh Yeah, Buck more acknowledging like, you know, the places I came from aren't great, but like, you know, I'm on the right track now. Which is like definitely the point that they're making but i weirdly wish it was a little bit more heavy-handed no yeah i mean i wish they just like underlined the themes a little bit more yeah they're they're undermined yeah they're heavy-handed with plenty of other stuff so they certainly could be right right it just feels like it feels like there's like maybe a slight missed opportunity here overall like it this is not an episode that is so frustrating that it undoes the previous two by any means like i think the previous two are still like i think as a three-parter this exists in a very good place Mm -hmm. this is definitely the episode of the three-parter i like the least and Mm -hmm. i have some frustrations with it but not to the like not to the extent that it makes me bummed out yeah, no, disappointed as to what yeah. could have been. No, right. it's, it's not optimal. I'm, I'm, right. yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't pretend that. It's right, perfect. it's no, like it's no ending to the labyrinth. No, certainly, no. That was that was great. That was, but mwah, chef's kiss. Right, but it is still like a fun, satisfying, interesting arc with great characters pulling all throughout, like the world of odyssey well, in a way that makes me very happy yeah new odyssey pulling from a plot that started seven years ago wrapping it up in this way which is you know yeah well it's self-indulgent it sounds great and they yeah. do a good job and like 
I think that this episode was well received for a reason. It's got 95% on the wiki. Obviously, as we mentioned, it's an Avery Award winner. Like, people yeah. like this. And <laughs> granted, they only had like, you know, what, uh, 24 episodes to choose from that year. Sure. And but... this took out three of them. <laughs> sure. But, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I'm just happy that we got to cover these. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that... The... I'm glad that we listened to it, because this is Odyssey that came out right. since we started this show. Yeah, it is. And I, I just feel like, oh, the Green Ring arc as a whole, I still am comfortable saying that, like, I like Novacom best, Blackbird second, Green Ring. Yeah. But Green Ring, but they all deserve that amount of praise yeah like they, they, they all deserve to be counted in the like really great long odyssey arcs mm-hmm. that yeah in just like a way that feels great yeah which is exciting and re- and refreshing in a way that like i had no clue i like i said before right. we've listened to this podcast i had listened to the green ring conspiracy loved it i knew that there was more green ring stuff to come out but I had very, very little optimism about any new Odyssey, and I kind of figured they would just drive it into the ground, and it would be bad. Yeah. Um, for this episode, I thought about doing like a like a Twilight joke in the beginning, where it was like, "What if we, what if we stopped covering uh, Odyssey after we finished the Novacom series, and we just never found out that like some new Odyssey is okay?" <laughs> hey. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting. Um. Yeah, no. I, 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 Do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think I've kind of said my piece. Yeah, I am. Me yeah. Too. It, Green Ring is yeah, just like it's a solid whatever a we covered. 24 episode yeah. saga. And yeah, it deserves to be in the conversation. And um, yeah, if they ever decide to broach it again, I look forward to that like that's not a thing that scares me is it the kobe bryant of odyssey <laughs> he's like it's not like considered the goat but it's not in the debate as the goat but it's it's definitely up there and it's very highly respected yeah there's a yeah. sports metaphor that i'm sure everybody listening to this podcast loves. i mean there there you go um and yeah uh with with all that being said we have come to the end of an arc mm-hmm. um we are going into guest season. We love guest season. So from now till the end of the year, probably we'll all be guest episodes. We might do a Dylan's choice or an Andrew's choice in there, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but uh, we're yeah, we're really riding out. Um, really riding out on having fun people on. Um, starting with next week, um, we are going to be covering the team. Mm-hmm. with a special guest it's very exciting very I exciting i'm going to can we tell them it's a returning guest returning guest we are yeah. covering it with a returning guest i am looking forward to recording that episode and not looking forward to listening to the team oh no 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 certainly not no burn it to the ground no none of it but, but yeah. i'm excited to talk about it with you and guest yeah. and if you're listening to this as it uh like the day it comes out or the week it comes out on that saturday is when the team airs on the radio or on this coming saturday in like three days from now four days from now Mm -hmm. however however days work um is when uh is when the team airs on the radio uh so and on obviously the internet um so if you are not a club member and would like to listen to it uh that is uh an option 
Um, a perfect jumping in a couple days <laughs> um yeah and then uh after that we'll be back next week to talk about episode 922 the team bye guys wadfam chalk pod is a presentation of the Lidditz podcast co-op follow the podcast at wadfam chalk pod on twitter and instagram or email us at wadfam chalk pod at gmail.com the Long End Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Asabel, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.